Good evening, good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your boy Kawanza. Same holiday, different enunciation. And to my right, we got Parish. What's poppin', son? Now I'm gonna bounce the thing back to my left because we actually got a special guest, a very special guest. He came all the way across the land from the city of Los Angeles mm-hmm. to come on this podcast. My man, guy, Moonair Griffin. How you doing today, bro? I'm good, bro. How you doing, man? I'm What's big chilling, big chilling. Like I ain't gonna man. hold y'all like Sundrays. I think I'm about to. Grow the like growth on the waves and get dreads now. I'm about to get the free form dreads. Tell the wave gang by yeah. the dread gang, bro. Yeah, bro, it's the new wave, bro. You might as well get up on it, feel me? It's more natural. Feel me? For real. <laughs> Fuck the waves. I'm I'm a dread boy now. <laughs> dread boy, dread boy, yeah, that's me. Dread boy. <laughs> he said, yeah, that's me. Um first thing I wanna ask, bro, so what happened the other day? You feel me? You posted something on Instagram saying that somebody broke into your car and stole your yeah. your, your software yeah. and all that <laughs> and left the saxophone in the drum pad. <laughs> yeah, bro, that shit was crazy. I, so apparently I was like coming from my gig in Newark and I was like, Yeah, let me just go chill with my stepdad in in Brooklyn. So I was over there in Brooklyn, chilling. I just had my windows cracked just a little bit. Uh-huh. Door locked and all of that. Went to go drop somebody off. Next thing you know, I go to my car, my door is open, and my book bag is not there, but I got all my wires from my microphone, everything, like my drum pad was like in my front seat. He took like everything. I have. I even had $10, bro, in my, my little... <laughs> Driver's side of the glove department, and that was going. So I'm like, yeah, bro, somebody came in. Oh yeah, he searched the whole way. That that shit kind of sketchy. But it was crazy because the sax was like literally in the back seat, just chilling. Uh Like I'm like, bro, so you didn't see this, and you like, it was just crazy. So he pretty much robbed. He he (laughs) broke into the car with the intent to steal that book bag. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, basically, he robbed robbed himself pretty much because he could have had (laughs) pretty much saxophone, (laughs) a drum kit. Like he could have, he He could have came up for real. But God, God bless him. He didn't take that that because I'm still able to make some money, and I don't gotta pay like thirty four, thirty five hundred. $4,000 $4,000 for a saxophone Damn Or like $800 For another drum pad I just gotta pay For a laptop Which I don't mind doing Wait that's how much Like the average saxophone run Yeah it's like a car note bro. Shit It's crazy God damn bro yeah. <laughs> Niggas gonna have to make GoFundMe pages for <laughs> shit. No bullshit bro That's, <laughs> that's crazy bro I'd have been on the side Of the street Tat <laughs> But not honestly though It's funny It's funny though Like thinking about that now Whereas though Like it makes me like One Be more thankful For what I got Whereas though like After this podcast I'm thinking about Going right to AC And playing my sax Like making bread off of that And getting exposure Just from that Facts Just Cause I love doing music I love doing what I do And just Being grateful That I have a gift Um, And also It just gives me A refreshing mind on creating music because uh, this actually happened the last time bef- like right before I dropped my recent project that I released Mo Better Moo mm. I literally had to get two new laptops basically one to record and one to make music on because what ha- I forgot something something I forgot what happened oh no my daggone screen to my laptop broke Damn. And it was like, yeah, in order to get it fixed, it was going to cost a lot of money. So you either can get, get it fixed for a lot of money or, or just get, get a new, new one. one. Yeah. So I was like, let me do that. And based off of getting a new computer, I made a part one and a part two project. Yeah. Right. So 
I actually uh, listened to both that's of why them. You did that. Yeah, I'm thinking you just did that for me. Just I don't know, like that was just a creative mind that you had. I not honestly at the time I was actually trying to work on another project, and it was it just so happened I was working on songs. Okay. I was just working on songs okay. and stuff in the midst in the midst of already having my laptops broke. Right, right, so right. So it was just the drive that honestly pushed me to create and create a dope ass sound playing saxophone and rapping. So Nah, that's dope as fuck. Uh, <laughs> to transition to something a little more uplifting. Cause yeah. that, that's that's like that's upsetting but like <laughs> sad and like <laughs> right. inspirational all at the same time. It's uh-huh. like tugging on the heartstrings. But uh this sixteen year old kid literally just won three million dollars off playing Fortnite. I want to say, um, what was this? What? Mom, um, three million. All the time that you told me I had to get off the game because it wasn't doing anything for my life. You're wrong. You're all the way wrong. All the way done up wrong. I need to shoot you. It's crazy you said that. I need to tell my little nephew to to like try to win money playing 2K or Mac because he be any league. Yo, this kid. Crazy. This kid (laughs) named uh, Kyle Gearsdorf. He's from. He's from a. Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Oh, so he's not too far from 16 year old kid literally won Fortnite, like a Fortnite tournament. You said 16 made, million, no, $3 million? $3 million. Three million. Listen, I'm That's about crazy. to tell you, I'm about to tell you what professional athletes he made more than this year. What's up? Uh, Novich, uh, the, the tennis player. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Joke, Novik Djokovic. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. He made more money <laughs> than Tiger Woods. Tiger, Tiger Woods. Tiger, he win Tiger the, Woods. Yeah, he, won, he, just won, um, he, he won the 2019 Masters and only made oh, two thousand seventy seventy thousand. Two hundred and seventy thousand. That's no what he made. two million dollars and seventy thousand. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Two point so seven million. He played a fucking video game and made, made more than with Tiger Woods. He made three million twenty five thousand nine hundred dollars off of Fortnite. A game that you play for free, you can download for free on your Xbox. Wait, so like, was this on a was this at a tournament or something? Yeah, it was at a tournament. Made three million dollars. God damn, bro! I need to fucking. How insane is it? Just just imagine, like, remember all the years that we be playing games. We've been playing games all our lives, pretty much. Yeah. And our parents would be like, "You can only play the game for an hour because that's not doing nothing for you. That's not recreational. Right. You're losing brain cells. You get in front, get from in front <laughs> of the game." I remember hearing all of that. My nigga made three million dollars. He probably was the uh, the kid where the, I don't know. It's some. I think it's a YouTube video with some little boy playing San Andreas, or playing some Grand Theft Auto game, and his uh-huh. mom is in the background, but he's playing against somebody, but he's getting pissed every time. But you could like, I guess you see the little boy playing a game, getting pissed, or yeah. just always eating, and his mom yeah. is just giving him stuff like, so like I, here you go. Why he playing a game yeah. like to nourish him? Yeah. So, like, what the oh, heck? he must be the breadwinner in that house. That's, Yo, that's support, why. support my drink, son. I was nice at Madden when I was like 10, 11 years old. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, Madden 08. If I picked the fam- if I picked the Atlanta Falcons or the Baltimore Ravens, you wasn't touching me. Bro, Matter of fact, no, yeah. San Diego Chargers. If, if shit got real, I'm picking the San Diego Chargers, and LT's gonna get two ten on you. I'm, I'm like, he's gonna get two ten. Yeah, I'm smooth. like, you know, right now, circle button all day. Jacksonville Jaguars, two thousand nine. We had Maurice Jones Drew. Oh yeah, no, nobody was stopping. Then y'all had Fred Taylor. And we had Fred Taylor. Taylor. The running game was crazy. Y'all had Mercedes. Boy, I was going ham. Hold up, this was you said oh eight. Yeah, I was going ham. We had a. we had a. That's what Vince Young gonna cover. Yeah, I'll never forget that we, was the best man. We had David Garrard as a quarterback. Yeah. 
Bro, we Damn. was going. We had Rasheem Mathis as a as a uh, corner. Yup. Son, we was going. Cr- I was Damn. hamming on niggas that year, Damn. Madden, bro. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Hey, I'm trying to think of that one." I just, I just want to tell my mom, "Shut up forever," because this nigga made three million dollars. That could have been me, but you want to tell me to go get a job and uh, focus on school, nigga? I could have been a Fortnite champion right now. It's Stop all your fault, mom. Playing the game because it's, it's fucking running up the electricity bill. Yeah, <laughs> look, look what that electricity bill did. Feel me? That yeah. shit. You ain't never got to worry about electricity bill now. Facts. Yeah, I just wanted to say that. So, um, ASAP Rocky, bro, how, how you feeling about the whole situation going down in Sweden? Feel me? Like, what's your <laughs> thoughts on that, bro? Honestly, I don't know what to like make of it. I just feel like it's. I feel like they set him up. And for the people out there that don't know what the situation is going on, so pretty much this is about, I think this is like week four now. He's this been, he's been incarcerated. So a few weeks ago, um, ASAP Rocky, I think he had a performance, or he was just in Sweden. Let's just say he was in Sweden. I don't know what the reason was, but he was just walking around town. It was him and his bodyguard and a few other guys. And these two dudes just started following him. So ASAP Rocky walks up to them and said, yeah, yeah, yo, we don't want no conflict, feel me? We just trying to, feel me, be at peace. We don't try, we don't want to fight y'all, none of that shit, feel me? Like, just leave us alone, feel me? Y'all following us for no reason some dickhead shit. Dudes is like, fuck it, feel me? We got free healthcare, so if y'all do fuck us up, shit going to rub my bill up anyway. So these niggas kept following him, and wow. it got to the point, like, yo, the bodyguard, like, yo, like, get the fuck out of here. So the one bull threw his earphones at the bodyguard, and that's when they all started rocking and shit, right? <laughs> so uh, somehow, someway, the situation went down, and they feel me, they bag ASAP. I don't think they got any of the guys. I think they just bag ASAP. They always get the most important person. Yeah, the most important person in the group. So they bagged him, and ever since then, they said that he'd been in inhumane conditions. Um, so it got to the point where Kim K and uh, Kanye had to interfere and like talk to Trump, like, "Yo, Trump, we gotta get my man's ASAP out there." So <laughs> Trump was like, "I don't know ASAP Rocky very well, but I'm gonna get him out. I'm gonna get him out." I have the African American yeah. people in the African American community <laughs> strongly agree and on my side about this. I'm like, bro, yo, he really said that shit. I'm like, Donald, bro, just shut the fuck up and get him out. I think so. I think he's funny. So he, all right. So listen, he gets on the phone with the Prime Minister of Sweden. And Prime Minister said like Look I can't do nothing Because in our country When a person is under investigation Even It's not even in my power To even take him out You feel me So we gotta let this shit go on Until the investigation is cleared out But mind you It's on video camera They have everything They have the whole situation out On video camera They just holding this nigga For no reason mm-hmm. Yeah but That shit's corny uh, As black men No matter what country you're in You're a black man it right. doesn't matter your riches, your your status, none of that. As a black man, you just got to move carefully. Like, but here's my thing: you don't even got to hold him out, feel me? Because like, you can just take his passport, feel me? He can't go nowhere. And then if he do do some shit, you can easily find ASAP Rocky in Sweden. All you got to you can put up a wanted poster saying the black guy, and yeah, everybody would know who the fuck that is, feel me? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know the the black community over in Sweden, but I would say there's probably not a lot. I don't think, this yeah, is I don't think it's a lot community. A few, maybe like a dibble and a dabble, but yeah. and they probably all like feel me in their own little. Exactly. I just yeah. feel, bro, hearing this or just hearing like when I hear racist stuff in general, bro, I just get real aggravated because at the end of the day. This is a human being exactly. That you're doing this too Exactly Just because point. his skin Is different than yours That's so childish bro That's like really immature Within your whole mindset To think 
that somebody darker than you can cause harm. Facts. Yeah. Something is wrong with you, but you don't see that because you're, it's it's a lot that goes with it. But I feel like that's why people who are of the minority, which is the major majority, should basically stand with that with whatever they do. With us, I feel like it's music or yeah. basically stand and stand with ath like athletics, like anything we do, we gotta make a statement with that because and let people be aware that at the end of the day. We're all different races, but we're all one we're race. We're all one race. Right? We're all one race. We're the human race. We you eat, think about shit, that. sleep. We all do the same damn thing at the same damn time. Yeah. Like we all got a day of judgment at the end of the day. You don't get nothing better just because your skin is lighter or my skin is darker. That's so stupid and wrong. And if you feel like that, around, I don't like people around me yeah. like that. Yeah. Like no. love, it should be the thing and love heals. So it's like, if you can't do that, you got a lot of hatred. And that's, dang, it's so funny. Some people's thought processes are so like <laughs> minuscule that they I can't might, factor that. I'm a little... Try to go ahead, go ahead, do nah, your bro, thing. You can do your thing, bro. So today I just saw something basically saying about black women. I seen that. I seen that um, video too. And pregnant, like pregnant black women. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, they they have the highest death rates in hospitals. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. saying how uh, a wealthy av uh, woman, a black woman with an advanced degree, um, who has a baby, is more likely, likely to, to die, die versus. Yeah. Uh, a poor, poor woman. white woman who has no high school diploma. Yeah, yeah. They'll rather save her than the. Yeah. It shouldn't be like that. You're a human being at the end of the day, but. They say what black women in general black, has like yeah. a two hundred and forty three percent chance to die during to die. child labor. They want to exclude. Think about that two hundred and forty three percent. That's yo. why a lot of a lot of that's beyond. That's average. why a lot of wealthy black women when they have kids. They don't have them in hospitals. They have uh, doulas and mm -hmm. all of that. And they have yeah. in-home births because, uh, one, they pump you full of uh, me uh, medicine that's not good for your child. Right. They pump you full of all these, all these types of probiotics and all of that. That's not... It's not normal, like it's not healthy, and then your child is being brought into mm -hmm. a bright light exactly. picture when you're asleep, and somebody comes on and flips a light on. That's trauma to yeah, you. Exactly. That's immediate trauma as you're born. That's not supposed to happen. Like, so picture a child being in a womb and encaved in darkness for nine months, and then out of nowhere, a bright light is switched on and they're hit on the ass. Like, that's immediate trauma. That's not normal. I feel that. Yeah. Definitely. Shit is sickening. The world we live in, man. It's, it's just the world we live in. It is like, <laughs> you got to do nothing but spread light. You, spread light and spread positivity. So. It's, it's so crazy that you have to get used to living in sickness. Yeah, like, basically. It, 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 you have to normalize sickness. And people really do it. Like, the insane people really, like, do yeah. that. All right. So, um, my question to you is... When did you pick up playing the saxophone and what or who was your influence? Uh, I picked up the sax around like four years old. I was at a community center where I learned karate, African dance, and drumming. Taquan was a part of it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real, with his uh, mom. Was part of that shit too? His mom, we yeah, had the crazy. whole fam was there. That's really that's how I first wild. met Taquan, really, before Creative Arts. Wow. Like his mom and everything. Such a small world, yeah. <laughs> so from going to the karate school and learning, 
I got to love playing the saxophone. My music teacher was my karate instructor, so they really like instilled mm-hmm. music in me, but as well as like discipline and self-discipline. But what made me actually understand what I was doing, um, that wasn't until like college, like first year at UCLA. And I was like, all right, what can I do with my saxophone that's different than what somebody else is doing, what everybody else is doing? So I was like, I want to rap. Let me rap and play sax. I mean, I know, have you heard of Masego? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, he was, it's funny because he just started coming out when I was. When you had the idea. When I had the idea so. and actually performing around UCLA because people came up to me like, not like, saw me in class like it's a somebody playing saxophone here and he's singing and i'm like what is it he from la ain't he he from yeah. not from maryland uh, from dmv maryland. area yeah but um actually yeah so ucla i actually started wanting to do that and coming to find out i have a relative who is uh like one of the best lyricists in hip-hop who is rakim we got the same birthday. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> the Aquarius gang out here, bro. For real, who? Rakim. My, his, oh, yeah, I got to talk to him about that. He Aquarius? Yeah. That stuff I didn't even know. So it's like, wow. You you helped me get some <laughs> enlightenment. I'm about to see him on Thursday. and I'm Bro, about to, that's dope. Like, I don't even know you as Aquarius, cuz. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Rap royalty. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like meeting him actually helped develop what I'm doing right now playing sax because he was trying to emulate John Coltrane on the on the saxophone but with his mouth mm-hmm. everything uh-huh. like Coltrane do playing sax he was trying to do rapping yeah whereas though now we got uh J. Cole's and Kendrick Lamar then mm-hmm. even like the, the, even the like flux in their voice a little Yachty or yeah. little Uzi we got all of these rappers doing a lot of inflectuations with their voices now but it's based on the the originator the god mc rock him yeah. starting it yeah. and i just want to be like being a relative of that i want to take that but bring it bring music bring hip-hop music bring black vernacular music yeah. bring Into music from camden new jersey right. into a different limelight that's not heard of i'm starting that now infusing trap music with jazz but i don't really want to just say it's jazz is mainly nah. hip-hop yeah. it's all hip-hop so that's really what I'm focused on now, and that's kind of how I started playing sax and rapping. Um, this is a little sidebar question. Uh, how do you feel about uh, the uprising sound of Camden? Now we have you got you being a sax and rapper artist. You got Mir Fontaine blowing up. You got uh, the Young Bulls, uh, Romain Five Six. Yeah. A couple, a few other artists that I just can't name off the top of my head. But Soul Child. Yeah, Soul, Soul Child. Yeah, she's dope. She's JP definitely dope. Worldwide, yeah. Mirror Pesos. We got. Yeah. It's funny, bro, because it's like I'm happy that it's like this because it gives drive and it it gives our city a lot more culture. Right. That wasn't there when we were when in we high were school. Up. Yeah, when yeah. we were growing yeah. up. So it was like now that it's there, you got younger kids able to get inspired. You got older people that's like loving the vibe. I've seen older people at the A five six ENT event. It was like a mixture of like our age and older people because they want to see what the younger crowd is I doing, do. right, yeah. right? And they want to be a part anywhere they can. So it's just dope, basically, just seeing what camden has to offer and being a part of it from afar but still being a part of it and repping my city hard whereas though i feel like high key i feel like give it like two years two three years and basically 
we gonna be having our own not own festivals but artists is gonna basically be like touring with each other yeah. to different parts yeah it's gonna be dope so. oh yeah hell yeah it's gonna be at, at a point where cam the artist is actually selling out tickets at the beat what's it the bbt center now yeah. yeah, yeah, for real, no yeah. bullshit. We yeah. gonna be able to have our own little festival there where we can invite <laughs> artists from outside yeah, of the to country come to come in, and it bring. See, that's basically what I'm thinking. We can basically do bringing a hub because you got to think, bro. RCA Victor was in Camden, New Jersey. Yeah, little Richie used to record there. Yeah, we have crazy, history. Bro. Walt Whitman. I was saying this in yeah. the uh, A56 interview. Walt Whitman, who died his graveyard is in camden yeah. is one of the best poets in the world in like absolutely in human mankind mm. so to have somebody like that buried in our city it should say something about the lyricists musicians everybody's here that's creating yeah it definitely it's, speaks volume we got a lot this is just a lot then it's campbell soup even though that's like even though Not, i feel like they don't give a lot back to the community as uh-huh. they should but it's still a platform and a business that's yeah. out mm-hmm. there in the world and people see it and they basically can get some type of resonance to what camden is absolutely no nah. um from listening to your music your your last two projects are called mo better yeah right mo better mo yeah mo better mo yeah. does that come from the movie mo better blues yeah it does yeah. so so <laughs> what's like were you watching that was just like yo i can use that like because in the movie he plays the saxophone now, he, he played, played he trumpet. played trumpet oh trumpet yeah, yeah wesley yeah, snipes yeah, yeah, who yeah, was yeah. the side man played, played the, the saxophone yeah. but honestly bro from that i was just trying to that actually depicts like my life and the life of a musician honestly now oh, and in general whereas though we gotta figure out where decide between wanting love or wanting basically loving two things loving another person or loving our craft mm-hmm. so it's like that's basically something that i know a lot of musicians or creatives or somebody who does something that's dealing with art or entertainment has to deal with whereas though they got to go against their craft they, they love their craft more or do they love the, the person, person that loves them mm-hmm. a lot more so it's like i wanted to tie that in and kind of do that kind of figure out ways on how you can basically channel um self-love and basically self-awareness and self-health Facts. that's basically what mo better move stands for basically having a lot of courage in myself to do what i'm doing and love and my cra- it's a lot it's a lot so it just gets more better the more i the more pressure. you go yeah, yeah the more you so go within that on the cover of the first one is mm-hmm. you with the sax on your lap and it's a lady right next to you yeah and then on the second one it's the lady with the saxophone without you on the same exact street same everything yeah <laughs> what's the symbol behind that like is that you picking the love and the music exactly i've never even thought about it like that the first, God damn, yeah the what? first the first one is pick, depicting love and the music but the second one is yeah. more so like what if what if you could have both of them together mm-hmm. or combining both of them together it looks beautiful mm-hmm. so why can't it be a beautiful thing to actually yeah. do both and that's funny if you say that because that's what i was trying to depict me playing sax and rapping mm-hmm. okay Whereas oh the, so it's two messages in one exactly okay. because when i saw that i was like in the first picture she had like a more still face like and you were kind of like looking down like 
it looked like you were making a decision mm-hmm. like because right. you were looking down and then in the second one it's the same exact shot but and being that it was a spikely movie i studied his uh his uh visualizations and all that mm. so the the <laughs> shot crazy. the shot of looking up uh, at someone and making exactly them a giant and then compared to, to when he's looking down on it's somebody more belittled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so when it when the shot was looking up and it was making her bigger and the back was more smaller and faded into the back mm-hmm. with her with her smiling holding the saxophone yeah. i was like that's him making making them one that's him making them one and then them being able to to cope within that same world exactly and it just that's it ties in with the title yeah mo better mm-hmm. even if it's mo i just said mo because that's my that's name, name yeah. but at the same time it's like i asked you a question so when you saw that and got both of those ideologies from both covers when you listened to both projects how did it how did it fit in for you? How did it fit in? So I listened. I listened to them in order. So I listened to Volume One first, and then Volume Two. But when I first saw it, I I kept in mind the like Spike Lee the movie from what I remember. So the first one, it was it was more of you being indecisive, like mm-hmm. listening to the music, like um just the way that you would put words in like the way that you use your your tone and your voice it was more of like you wondering and being cautious and the second one it was a way happier up-tempo vibe (laughs) and um you know like a song like the song um off the top of my head Kyrie Irving like that was you showing love um not only to where you're from but to to a person that's with you so I was I was able to decipher, but it's only because I like I studied Spike Lee and <laughs> and uh a, yeah. and his movies. So yeah. that's why I was able to get it. Like just a simple like shooting from shooting from the ground up and ex- like imploding her to be a bigger person mm-hmm. in the in the picture. I was like, he got it now. Like and it's funny you said that because I feel like when we think of women, especially on Instagram, and we see them, it's like. <gasps> Oh shoot, she's bad as hell. Oh my god! Even yeah. when like we hear a saxophone or see a saxophone, it's just prestige. Yeah. So put both of them together, that's just prestige right there. So when you hear hear what I have in it, you like, oh shoot! It, yeah. You it, can actually it, hear the color in the music. Yeah. It, everything kind of correlates. But it's funny. I'm getting ready to work on a, a visual for both parts. Both parts together. It's probably gonna be like less than 30 minutes Mm -hmm. but it's going to be basically tying in a lot of that self-love but trying to tie different parts of love at the same time not only from my personal experience but from her experience or from could be some of like her family members experience like her brother or something loving like what he does and how that ties it's just it's going to be real dope basically it's going to be a nice story but keeping it more insightful Right. So is she the features on the song as well? Who is she? Like the the oh, woman? Oh no! Okay, <laughs> she, she a model. She in, a model. In my head, I was like, <laughs> the way that I saw it, I looked at one and two, and I was like, okay. And then I saw a name on one. Oh, you saw like, Caitlyn Simone. And then I saw it on two, and I was like, Kate, Hold not Caitlyn Simone. She's you seen Empire? Yeah. She was treasured. Okay. She okay. is treasure. Okay. Okay. With yeah. her, that's my homegirl. Yeah. Like, so shout out I, to her. I, that was just me like <laughs> playing the Spike Lee thing into my head, and I was like, 
Oh, she's on all folds <laughs> of the, I, of the honestly, project. She might be in the. I might put her in a music video. Like our con- like me and her connection is so dope. I met her at UC. That's the good thing about going to UCLA, man, or just going to a, a university. Yeah, in general, whereas though you meet so many different people. Me being in LA, I meet a lot of local people. Like she's from LA, and it's like. Before I even knew who she was, she knew about me from like her baby dad who played football for UCLA. And just from that connection, I was like, it, it worked because she sees how serious I am with my music and I see how serious she was with her modeling and basically her trying to be an a f- influencer on in Instagram. So I was like, yeah, let's work. I tried paying her and she was like, nah, I'll do it for free. Mm-hmm. So it was like just to see people like wanting to help you yeah, and see your vision right as love. So shout out to Jamia. <laughs> nah, yeah, that's dope. She dope. That's dope. That's um, dope. I was going to ask this question later on, but since we're already on the topic UCLA, um, what made UCLA stand out from every other school in America? And another thing is like, what was the trials and tribulations that you had to go through for you, before you got accepted? No, she, he said before I got accepted. <laughs> not even when I was Not there. even when, Phil. So, uh, the process of getting in. As far as why UCLA, bro, I chose UCLA, one, because uh, of the program that was there or what, what I was expecting to see. I just saw basically like Herbie Hancock was going to be there. I just saw like different names going to be there yeah. and that they were building something there. So I was like, oh, shoot, this is something I want to be doing. I want to get into the music industry and try to figure out how I can and what would be the easiest way. Yeah, That was my whole mindset um, as well at the time, figuring out which school had the best like sports right. or like what I wanted to do, whereas I can do both at the same time and excel. So I was like, I wanted to do track too. So let me see about they track too. <laughs> Even though like it wasn't nothing. It was, I was thinking yeah. about USC, really. I had a lot of options. I was thinking about like USC, I was thinking about going to University of Miami to their music department and probably just doing a little sports walk on for there. I also had like HBCUs I was thinking about going to, um, but I didn't want to go to HBCUs because the only thing that I was interested in doing was marching band. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. they didn't have nothing for music degrees or nothing I can feel like I can mm-hmm. fall back on. So. That's why UCLA was my first choice because the ethnomusicology department there is like ethnomusicology in general is mainly just studying music and culture. Okay. But when you study music and culture, it's like you you through whoever you are, like where, whoever you are or wherever you're at, you can be able to get funding through governments. Right. Um, not only from my government, from the U.S. government, but yeah, from, ba- from other, wherever yeah, yeah. government of country I can go to and study their music, I can basically get help from funding um, to do something and actually do certain stuff. And being more at UCLA made me understand that I can basically do study of hip hop in different cultures or in different parts of the world as well as here mm-hmm. and see how it basically touched different people. Right. But the... Trials and tribulations of basically you said before I got accepted to UCLA. Now that (laughs) that was interesting because it was like I was very nervous because I didn't think I was really going to get in. There's so many people that basically apply to UCLA. UCLA is like the number one school to apply to. Mm And it's like yeah, that's why I asked that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, all right, but I just gotta give them everything. I just gotta pour 
everything out basically when I write. Oh, when you wrote when that I, letter. When I audition, everything gotta literally be like on point. Yeah. I can't see. I can't miss nothing. Bro, I didn't gave schools the saddest of stories. Yeah, bro, and it, it works. World. It works. Bro, I'm milking it, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> Son, where did you, where you go to school? Um, I'm at Temple now, but I went to a, I went to a private school. But even you had to you had to milk the shit yeah, out to, of to the private school that I went to. Like I like they 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 weren't trying to give me as much money as I would have needed to go there. Like mm-hmm. you know without like help, so I had to give them like this sob story. Like listen, it's just me and my mom. Like we <laughs> did. I gave him the whole the whole thing like bro I gave him this story about like my mom having uh having this heirloom like this ring that like it's been passed down throughout our whole family uh, and <laughs> bro I milked that I was like son we had this ring that she had to pawn the ring in order oh, for me to, to be able, able to go to bro I milked this whole yeah, thing they probably and took they, that with like, oh should we have to get him here and they they, they gave me like the things I needed so it was like pretty alright I but. think what solidified for me was when I did my audition like that literally solidified everything going to UCLA and doing the audition that kind of solidified cause it was like honestly it, it's funny too because when you do music it's like you meet people and you ain't gonna know you come encounter to them until later. Yeah, I met like two or three people that I knew from a, a jazz camp up in the Bay Area that were auditioning as well yeah. for UCLA, and they were from California. I'm like, oh shoot, and they was hard, like they was dope as hell. Like you knew they was gonna get in just because how fast they play everything. So I'm like, all right, yeah, if they here. I gotta step my game up, and when I went in. I played, I saw literally hella people outside watching my shit from the inside, and I'm just looking like, man, I'm just doing this here. I, I don't care. I need to be here, because I'm not going back to Camden. Like, I am not going Big back facts, to the hood. Yo, facts. I need every cent. I, I need every cent y'all about to give me, so I'm going to play my ass off right now for y'all to see, and I was playing in front of one of the best guitarists ever. He played with, like, Louis Armstrong, John Coltrane, so many different people, and his name is Kenny Burrell. Oh, he, yeah, was, he was my dean uh, I believe he still is the dean at UCLA But he watched my whole audition And was like Took a second and was like So we gonna have to get a whole lot of money to get you here huh As <laughs> soon as <laughs> like, he told me that I was like facts. Thank god yeah. And then yeah the rest just fell in place For me to get accepted here Yo a little small fun yeah. fact I remember cause Mimu <laughs> Mimu didn't went to the same high school We went to creative arts <laughs> I remember when he came back, yo. He came into the gym because it was our gym class and shit. He's like, "Yo, bro, guess what?" I was like, "What?" He's like, "I sent the UCLA." Bro, all I had to do, I, I hugged this nigga, yo. I hugged this nigga like as if UCLA offered me to go there. Yeah, for I'm real, like, yo. What the fuck, bro? Because all right, this, this is another fun fact on top of this, right? This nigga been talking about he wanted to go to UCLA since before the day he was born. Like, he's in the womb, he knew where he was good. Because listen, right? We was like, we were yeah, come in, bro. You feel me? Uh, so. White T gang. Yeah, you feel me? We got the white T gang. We got my niggas yeah. Kimi and Molly in the, you feel me, in the building now. White T gang. Look, What's good local campus celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> you you can tell they hook niggas. They both pulled up in white T. They both got white T and blue jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Oh, shit. We're going back to your fun fact. We're going back to the fun fact, right? So, uh, we was young boys because uh, Mu, Mu used to come to the crib all the time and whatnot. And I remember it was me. Hit me, me Mooney, and my dad. We was downstairs watching NFL Network. We was watching some football related. 
And my dad had asked him a question about like running backs and shit. And then Munir was like, yeah, my favorite running back is Jim Brown. It shocked my dad the fact that Munir even knew who Jim Brown is. And then it shocked me at the fact because I didn't I knew who Jim Brown was, but like my favorite running back was LT. Like, he kinda made me feel shitty. Like, somebody knew. He was yeah, you feel me? But so and then going back to that, so my dad asked me, he was like, yo, what school you wanna go to? And then Munir was like, yo, I want to go to UCLA for sports at the time he said you want to go to UCLA yeah, for sports broadcasting. Yeah, and then my dad was like, Wow, like, like you really got like your head on your shoulders, right? And mind you, this we like in fifth grade. Well, he older than me. I was in fifth grade, he was in sixth grade, like he was very adamant like yo I'm going to the school and every time people ask like yo what school you going to UCLA 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 bro he really spoke this shit into existence and yeah. I was so proud of him at that moment when he told me like I got accepted bro yeah, like, we was I in high school by then that was I, dope as fuck oh yeah I wish I'd have kept like my shit and went to my favorite school what was your favorite school uh, for football it was Florida State for basketball it was UConn okay. oh yeah Kimber Walker was in school at But time, I, right? I was a fan Way before Kimber like, I'm, I'm <laughs> Ben Gordon And all them days Oh like, shit yeah, yeah, You really was Yeah, yeah, I've yeah been damn a fan. Yeah. God, Shit you brought me yeah. back Yeah God, damn. So Yeah but I I used to always be like Yeah I'm gonna either go to UConn Or I'm gonna go to Florida State Like But it just didn't work out for me that way. I took the dumbass route. I went last chance you before last chance you. <laughs> he said last chance you. It's so funny because me and my nigga Molly both went to Iowa Central. Feel me? That shit did not turn out the way I wanted it to turn out. Oh. But fuck it. Feel me? I'm here now. I, I made the best of it. And I'm glad I took the path that I took because feel me, it made me the man I am today. But let's move on. Um, How do you feel about the new Dreamville album You know Revenge of the Dreamers Well I got a lot Well I'm happy it came out Finally Finally Because bro. it's I don't know I'm just happy Because it gives more sound To Or more heat To what I'm doing Or what I'm trying to do With music mm-hmm. um, As well as other artists That I know Yeah So it's like It just helped that As well as just Brings more it brings more volume to what's going on because they had a lot of different sounds on yeah, that project yeah, yeah, that yeah. was like, damn, like they went from some trap stuff, then they went to some smooth neo soul vibes, and they switched it up to some so boom like, bap, some ninety shit. Yeah. yeah, so it was like to see that and to be able to see them correlated with like so many different artists was hella dope. Like it was just it was just interesting to see all of that. Like and majority of the people. Yeah, majority like majority of them or some of them is funny. I feel like they, some of them niggas is watching me, to be honest. Because like, like, I'll say that to say this like, I went to a festival in Sacramento performing with this girl, my homegirl named Umi, and I've I heard saw of Umi. You heard her? Yeah. For real? I've heard of She I've like heard of, Japanese Yes Black Yeah I've That's heard of Umi. crazy of Umi. Wasn't that bro. the Wasn't that the festival Where you met Toby Lou? Yeah And it's That's so crazy. crazy It's so crazy right Because when Music I see you I started bro. fucking with Toby Lou Literally like a week before You uh, you met him at that performance I'm like wow. what the fuck How do you know Toby Lou already? Like, so shit I just met this nigga I mean, I heard this nigga. at that, that festival Damn, that's funny you look. Cause I'm basically the sax player playing at the tour, and I'm not even on the tour. My saxophone right. is playing on her tour right now. But at that festival, I saw. Well, I met. Well, I didn't met Masego. We already know each other, 
but we got a little conversation. But JID, he kept looking at me and like you could tell he wanted to talk to me or something like that. Uh-huh. Like I had my saxophone out, I was smoking weed around there, making beats and shit backstage, just doing random stuff that I'm used to doing. Yeah. But like he'll see me and just like give me a look, like more so like I want to know who he is type shit, but wouldn't yeah. say shit. Ari Lennox. I came up, I went up to her and was like, yeah, you gonna, you gonna see me one day, watch. Literally went up to her and was like, yo, watch one day. You gonna see my face and we gonna link. Just know that. And she, <laughs> she's like, we're okay, okay. I was like, yeah, watch. So that situation is other artists that was there that I connected with, uh, Tierra Wack. Well, she wasn't in the session, but yeah. she got invited. Her, Tierra Wack, uh, Shmino, so many of his fans be showing him like me Yo. like on like pages and stuff like i played one of his songs at one of my friends uh events and she just sent them and, like i guess they be dming yeah and she was like yeah, yeah, yeah. you need to listen to it yeah. <laughs> yeah so i got that buddy buddy's a funny character like i ain't really doing that much i seen him really <laughs> randomly on melrose I saw him on Melrose, like at a CVS, walking past me type shit, and I was like, "That's, that's Buddy," and he was looking for some uh, blunt, like backwards inside of the CVS, and knowing damn well they don't sell that, you can go to a smoke <laughs> shop. But he was just on some other stuff. But it's just randomly seeing. I'll I be thinking that they be watching me. Plus, uh, I don't know, you know, who Child is Major. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, his producer, his main producer, who is who name is Groove, is like one of my homeboys. He's dope as fuck. And he actually found me through uh, Honorable C Note. Okay, I was yeah. on Honorable C Note's page playing sax, and through doing that shit, he DM'd me and was like, "Yo, bro, you from Camden? I got a homeboy from Camden." Like, as soon as I saw, I said something. I was like, "Yeah, bro." I was like, "All right." The way I said "all right" with A R D A R D, he was yeah, like, "Oh yeah, I can yeah, tell yeah, you yeah, from yeah, Camden." Yeah, yeah. So it was like, "Damn!" Like, and just even just having people know about the city is just dope, but. I be feeling like niggas is watching me, just trying to figure out what I'm doing next. Uh, how is it? How important is it for you to represent Camden through your music? Like to to always speak of it, to always like show love. Like how important is that? I feel like it's very important um, because in order to know where you where you're from, you got to know where you're going, and not even that. It's just like that's the root of. For me, I know that's the root of everything I've kind of started, like from girlfriends to fights, everything happened in Camden for me. Um, so it's like, I gotta tell about that or just pay homage anytime I get on the mic or anywhere. Like, that's the first thing I say. I'm Munir Griffin, saxophonist, rapper, songwriter from Camden, New Jersey. I start and I feel like it just gets resonance because people don't, I don't know, it's just something that's different. And I feel like, the more and more we get into the limelight is gonna help that. Like, whereas those people gonna be like, oh shoot, he's from like one of the worst cities in America, but he's a saxophonist rapper and yeah. he graduated from like the number two school in the, yeah, the world. The prestige schools in the it's it's country. it's like it's mind blowing that he's a still a human being at the yeah. end of the day. And if I relate to him, even though I'm from Beverly Hills or I'm from Cherry Hill or from any suburb where I'm from a hood like Chicago or I'm from Florida and Broward County I'm from anywhere I still relate to this person that's what I want to do and I feel like Camden helps that yeah normalizes being from uh, a 
a, from a worse pretty situation. desperate situation exactly and trying to get out of that and i feel like th- it, it gives people hope and it's purpose but the thing about the getting out is like not 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 speaking ill on it like always representing like where you come from because a exactly. lot of people make it out of a situation and speak ill on it like they'd be like man i ain't never going i ain't never man that shit was the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. like instead of embracing, embracing like embracing the beauty i yeah. went through some of the strongest like I've had some of the most downest times and I've still made it out like mm. because when you when you speak ill on on a situation like that the people who are in it are now like damn well if he feels that way then I ain't never going to make it out of here like when when you go yo I've I've seen I've seen people get shot I've seen people you know lose their parents over this this and that and drugs and all that when you're like yo but I made it out like I I got a plan I stuck to my plan. I made it out. Mm-hmm. Somebody under you would be like, "Yo, if he did it, like I, I can do it too, and, and I, I want to do it because it, it's all about uh, degrees of separation. Like I may not like uh, like you said, I don't know, I don't know uh, Smino or none of them, but through six degrees of separation now, because I know you, that's one less degree of separation. So now it's only five degrees. Hmm. So if you have six degrees of separation between anybody, you can make it anywhere but damn it's funny you just said that um because do y'all know you know terrence martin yeah yeah I know you that's know my <laughs> he's yeah. he's my favorite bro for real I, i've been listening <laughs> bro, to terrence like martin my, since 2010 that's like big bro for me but he's also like a very good mentor i say um because he's always like helping me or he's always like supporting like anything i do I remember it's funny because I went to a little lecture he had at this little academy I was going to and they did that shit really because of I played saxophone and they wanted to kind of link, link. Yeah. but it was funny he was like yeah he like I heard of you like I be I hear you the you the man around LA like but just from that I get, it was from the where, however you was yeah the, the six degrees the six of degrees of separation yeah but that shit is crazy but, but from you being at UCLA you probably knew somebody that knew somebody else that knew somebody that exactly. finally knew Terrace so it was like he heard through five other people who you are mm-hmm. and so now he's like yo if I heard from five people it it gotta have some truth to it so mm-hmm. now when y'all actually link up he knows a bit about you so y'all can y'all can y'all now have a relationship form exactly yeah so yeah. any it's like anywhere i go a free show yeah, yeah you 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 got moms with you bring her with you y'all come in for free that's <laughs> dope as hell Yeah, fuck that nigga Taquan. How you gonna say that on his own shit? Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So his you, whole ass was a neighbor to uh, throw that, his Kwan, you team Taquan da- on this week. Hey. Say you going down, bro. You, you, you mutant. You mutant. <laughs> hey, you gonna buffer, but yo, did you really do this? <laughs> oh, shit. Listen, all right. people, if my shit sound muffled, y'all know who would have fucking beat up, all right? <laughs> all right, so like I said, we back to the last question. Um, so, do you think with Jermaine Dupree comments or about females artists, do you think that was out of pocket? And for the people who don't know, uh, Jermaine Dupree was on an interview. I honestly forgot what interview it was, but um, he's promoting his documentary that's out now, which I've been recently told. And the one question was like, "What do you think about the female artists now?" 
and he was saying like pretty much uh, all the female artists sound the same um they should like pretty much he was saying like it's really stagnant you feel me and honestly it's not true and then people thought he was talking about all female artists but he was actually talking about three people talking about nikki cardi and megan the stallion and he was saying like they all strippers and shit like that but come to find out not even come to find out out of those three only one of them was a stripper yeah dog jermaine just need to shut up like yeah that shit was corny and then he my fault for cutting you off but he came out with another interview talking about that they should have their own genre of rap called strap because you saying you know how niggas got trap music and drill music and shit they should have strap which is stripper trap music yeah no which is like bro jermaine dupree shut the fuck up bro please like, realistically just, just shut up but what's, what's your views on that move but honestly i feel like he <laughs> The old niggas just be saying he anything, just said anything, anything, bro. It's bad. Yeah. I feel like he got. He shouldn't have said that because he brung the brat out, and it was like even in the. Do- I was looking at the documentary. He was saying that he was trying to. Well, he was trying to figure out how to bring a. Uh, he wasn't even trying to. She just came out of nowhere, but she was so dope that it was like it fit in with the guys. He had no choice. Yeah, he had. He really had no choice. But at the same time, seeing that, that should have gave him some type of like awareness on female rappers and knowing and basically using his words right wisely, saying something where it's like, yeah, there are certain female rappers in the radar right now that do showcase certain things that are within. Yeah. The popularity of entertainment, far as like stripping or yeah. talking about sex, but there are other women who rap who talk about more conscious topics that should be recognized. He didn't do none of that, and it was it just made him look bad. And then that, on top of that, he tried to do a competition. Yeah, he tried to he tried to say, <laughs> yeah, let's hold a female site. Like, no, nigga, you, no, you're wrong. You're like, wrong. You're, <laughs> just, just hold the L. Say my bad. I fucked up. Yeah, I said something that shouldn't have been said. Like I just like, whatever is meant is meant. Thinking. Take it on the chin. Yeah, but yeah, at the same time, he just need to know. I don't know. He just it's, with that strap thing. That's just yeah, all that's, whacked that out, bro. Stupid. Because it's like I don't know. I just feel like men right now, us in hip hop, we kind of I feel like we get intimidated by women rappers Absolutely. because women rappers they work they ass off to try to prove. How just dope to how they, they how dope they are. Yeah. There's no reason why we would have right now a Megan Stallion rapping how she does are so articulate. That's Thanks. only because based I feel like it's based off of the men critics that she has or that's around her, the men peers that rap around her, basically either being so intimidated or her being like coming out of her shell or just being so like up front and being like this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Even other rappers, like I know uh, somebody like who else? Who else? We were just talking about Tierra Wack. Yeah, yeah. Tierra Wack. She's Super some dope. somebody who's hella dope. I feel like she run bars over any nigga. A lot yeah. of them. A lot, a lot of niggas lot of for them. real. And as well as Rhapsody. Like Rhapsody has been on records with J Cole and Kendrick and has had the better verse. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, this, this is just exactly. my opinionated thought. For me, people do not at me. I think that Rhapsody is the best female lyricist at this very moment. Bro, that, that's, I, this that's, is my that's, opinion. That's not, not a hot topic. That's, that's not a. That's, that's not. That's not a that's hot not, topic. But to be real, I feel like women in rap now. I because this is how I feel in general right now. Women in rap should be like the mothers or the 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 carriers of. Of hip hop, of hip hop, right? Absolutely. Because right now, with the situation they're at, they have like the most. They can be able to influence so much versus a male right now. Mm-hmm. 
Nah, yeah. If I you, know there's so if, many. If, if you have the right, if you have the right female artist, they can culture. They can literally shape the culture of exactly women exactly. growing up for the next twenty years. So like, I feel like, like so we all have to kind of treat that as that. Whereas though, if there are the barriers or the like, the ones that help kind of be the mothers or like the nurturers of hip hop. We gotta treat them as that, Absolutely. and it don't matter what type of genre they strip or talk about stripping. That's their lifestyle, <laughs> like bro. Yeah, that's because what they, growing up we had Missy Elliott, we had Trina's, we had Eve's, and they would talk had, about their experiences in love. Yeah, we had we had all we had all three, all four of those women had different uh, genres of rapping. Mm-hmm. So Eve was way more conscious than everybody else. Exactly. Trina yeah. had the parties popping. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Missy Missy had the craziest videos and and uh, and uh, choruses. And then you had um, who else did I say? You said Missy. You said Trina. You said Eve. Yeah. So those those three right there are different styles of rap, and we can have that now. Like not everybody has to make the same music. Would you consider Lauryn Hill in that category? I'm I'm a little hesitant because she's more neo soul than I think rapping. Yeah, more R and B is. But yeah. at the same time, her her flows and bars flow, is like yeah. is, is I feel like they were and to that. Hip hop sense, yeah, I can give her that because yeah. if she didn't do, I feel like even if she wasn't a solo artist and she was with like the Fugees, yeah, we would still consider her to be a rapper, right? Or a rap lyricist. So yeah. we got to give her that dude. So but. you would consider like Lauren Hill the athlete on a, on the NFL roster or something? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Right. But yeah, I feel like women need to men, women in rap need to be looked at as the nurturers because. They are the nurturers of what we call hip hop, uh-huh. and they give different flows. They give so many different extraordinary, unique flows. They definitely need more respect within <laughs> the game. Uh, within his last like two years, my girlfriend she listens to all female artists, and it's like I've been put on to mad female artists that I would have never listened to just because, like, you know, as a man, like it's just like I don't want to hear that shit, and yeah. then like. I I be listening to it, like we'll be driving. She like you want to yeah. put your music. I'm not. Yeah, nah, they, nah, nah, they nah, touch nah. the spot. Yeah, I'm, I'm not like I'm like not nah, like let your music rock. Like let <laughs> yeah. let just let this rock. Like this joint sound good. Exactly. Like, uh, let it saturate, bro. Bro, I feel like music is just like cooking. If that, you if you know how, how to I cook, heard of your friend Umi is because of my girl. Like she she damn. plays just a lot of <laughs> female artists. Like and literally a song wow. came on and I was like who's that she was like oh oh man I was like it was probably like I'll, midnight blues or something like that and I was like yo I like this joke like <laughs> that's crazy damn wow small world but yeah music is like cooking I feel like and if you like a certain dish you're gonna want to come back to that dish Facts. <laughs> absolutely all right all right so um honestly I'm pretty much tired now. So we talked about a lot. We covered a lot. Um, <laughs> let's do something different. So Time to smoke we gonna, that we gonna, we going to do a little wrap up and ask, uh, what did we learn today? Oh. All right. I, I go got to do you off guard with that. No, no, no. You good. I go first. Um, I learned, I learned actually about moves like process of making music. Um, asking the, the question about the covers was, uh, was very in depth. Like, Learned he had to study one the movie of Mo Better Blues. Then he had to study um, Spike Lee and how he shoots his movies and 
the the visuals and all of that and then putting that together with his music and his how he had to create the two versions of having two different laptops and you know one one mistake pretty much like one project pretty much being like a mistake almost like yeah pretty so, much yeah like that was that was like really dope to learn today <laughs> all right uh what, what did you learn today honestly i learned basically that <laughs> I don't, I mean, it wasn't yeah, learning. Y'all was, was, was asking me a lot of questions, but I mean, every day I learn something. I'll just say, learning about it's my first time doing a podcast. Oh, oh wow. Hey, so let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Hey, Okini, put the phone down. But nah, yeah, actually doing this podcast and learning what goes into it was dope and talking, uh, Keeping rapport going yeah. and actually doing like something where there's no dead space, like in a regular conversation yeah. with somebody, or that's honestly dope. And I feel like that's what I try to practice on every day, having regular conversations with people. So something like this is hella dope to see, whereas that we can keep going or stop it and go mm. on like that. So I appreciate that. Appreciate that. <laughs> so Moo, um, to the people, where can they find you at, and where can they find your music at? Alright, everybody, y'all can follow me at sax underscore man one two three on Instagram. Every other social media platform from Twitter, Facebook, anywhere, even Googling me. You can search my first and last name, Munir, M-U-N-I-R, and my last name Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, like Peter or Stewie Griffin or Eddie Griffin. Any of those three work. Munir Griffin, as well as like on Apple Music, Spotify. Title, SoundCloud, anywhere you listen to music, Munir Griffin. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. All right, people. That's the end of the episode of Around the Room brought to you by Wise Guy Production. I want y'all guys to have a beautiful evening. Drink shout more out to water. Wise Guys. Shout it, shout him out, shout him out. I just mm-hmm. want to say drink more water, stay blessed. You feel me? Stay humble and don't, don't let the pie crust crumble. We out this bit. <laughs> we out this bitch, all right? Deuces.